No peace. Fire! The club broke, Roger. I never drink water on tour. All you gotta do is just tap it in. I don't think the heavy stuff's gonna come down for quite a while. If your head was a touch softer, I'd be in the fairway. I never miss with the seven iron. Hey there, golf fans. Welcome back to A Good Live Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And a veteran live tour analyst, Ryan Rose Michael. Gentlemen, I like that new title. (laughs) Well, you've been covering the Live Golf League now since its inception, I think. So, you know, you're the veteran, crafty veteran. So I guess uh, there's two golf leagues officially now after long Long, 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 dramatic wait. Yeah, after Phil Mickelson st- stuck his uh, foot in his mouth, everybody acts like that was the end of it and because everybody started backing away from it. But it's not going away. In fact, the only outcome I can conceivably see working right now is that the at some point the PGA Tour is just going to have to bite the bullet and start doing business with the Saudis. They have too much money. You can, it's like taking a, a, a fucking knife to a gunfight. What did you think of the product? I mean, I know it was sort of its maiden voyage, but it, to me, it just had this overall feel of sort of a uh, XFL. That was its, its, its biggest problem right now yeah. is it's fucking boring. I mean, the shotgun starts are great, so a lot, there's a lot more action to cover just right off the bat. You get to see a million drives right in a row because <laughs> it's uh, everybody's starting at the same time. But it's at the end of the day, like you just don't care about the field. What we've talked about with the PGA Tour, that there's no cure for Tom Hogan. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> If Tom Hoagie's winning your golfer, you can't program around that. He's just the guy in charge. You you want it to be like this week where you get Rory and uh, Justin Thomas. Everybody wants that, but you know what? Do you, how, you know, sometimes you get Tom Hoagie, and uh, <laughs> that's the problem. Liv has right now. They've only got about three guys you give a shit about, and the rest of them is just a bunch of Tom Hoagies. You know, the, and the team concept is a little bit hard to follow. I mean, it's just going to take a while. But you know, they put on a good show. You know what I mean? The production value was there. Um, They're obviously sort of uh, leaning into the a more fan-friendly, more uh, energetic sort of style. You know, I bemoaned how boring the Golf Channel is and how we need our own Charles Barkley for golf broadcasting. Well, Liv would very happily do that. You know, they want that. And all the ways that the PGA is sort of mired in their own old-fashioned you know, malaise, Liv is trying to consciously break all that and they're doing it with a bottomless piggy bank i admittedly didn't get to watch much of the live golf if any of it really aside from some highlights this week because i live in the middle of nowhere with uh, shit internet but i saw a lot of the promotions and stuff like that they were putting out on social media and it looked more like it was for coachella or something as opposed to a golf tournament <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know what to think of it i haven't followed it closely enough to know like what is going to what is going to happen to the guys who left are they done on the pga was it like dustin johnson was just like i'm not a pga player anymore is that where we are or i mean are they all just going to play through whatever their contract requires them to do with live golf and then retire or uh, i don't know what the long i mean these guys are nobody, they, there's so much money in this one tournament Nobody seems to know what's going to happen. Live Golf doesn't seem to know. They were, they, they're literally changing the rules to the, to the tournament as they play it. You know what I mean? Like they're figuring it out. Um, I heard somebody make the analogy. They're, <laughs> they're building the plane while they're flying it. But like I said, it's, it's amazing what money can buy. You know what I mean? Like they, it, it's a straight up professional golf tournament. 
well, all they lack is the the players, and they're going to get more and more of them because, like, I can't remember the guy that's finished second or third one, like two point seven million dollars. Yeah, and that was that like was quadruple what he'd won in like the last three years on tour, and so there's a ton of guys on the PGA Tour right now going, man, I've kicked that fucking guy's ass up and down the course a million times, and he just made life changing money. The guy who got last place, Andy Ogletree, I think he's he won the the am, the amateur uh, championship like last year, and uh, he was he was terrible. He shot like twenty five over for the. Uh, weekend and he made $125,000. Honestly, the money that they're talking about over the weekend makes me wonder a little bit like are they going to make are they going to give these guys too much money? Like I can imagine being a good but mediocre PGA golfer, you know, coming in fifth in one live golf tournament and be like, "Okay, well, I'm done golfing professionally now. I'm just going to retire. I've made my millions." <laughs> I I don't think you have to worry too much about that but i tell you what is going to happen it is already happening and one of the reasons like dustin johnson and those guys start talking about us like this is only like there's eight live golf tournaments this year and at the max they're talking about you know a great deal less tournaments than the pga tour like the pga tour one of the biggest complaints for their players is they have no off season and dustin johnson's like i can play eight tournaments make more money and have all the rest of the weekends to hang out with my family and go fish and do all the stuff i love <laughs> the only problem with this league <laughs> is where the money comes from and if they and, and they don't have the players yet, but it's, there's more and more defections. How long can this with them paying those kind of prices? I mean, I, I don't know what the PGA Tour does. I mean, they keep talking about, well, oh, they need to change their format or they need to make it easier to this or they need to do this for the players. And like, what is going to what could they possibly do that's going to make up for the purses of these tournaments being millions of dollars? You were talking about the longevity of the situation or whatever. Like, I think Dustin Johnson's already said he's for at least the next four years, he's doing live golf and that's it because per his contract or whatever. And then you got guys like Pat Perez, who, what was it, two or three months ago when this whole thing started, was like, did a whole diatribe on some golf thing about how he would never do that. And it's a shit deal and went on and on about how shitty it was and now committed over the weekend to play in it because they threw a shitload of money at it. Well, he, so he I, I mean, I think you're right in most instances. He, he had said in one of his those podcast interviews, he's like, man, they'd have to pay me so much money. Like they had to pay, they have to, you know, basically match what I'm going to make on the Champions Tour and what I'd lose in my pension and all this stuff. He had he had done a calculus and said it was a bullshit deal, and they they just they there's never going to pay him the amount of money it would take for him to do it. And then they you know pony up ten million, and that's the number for Pat Perez, you know. And Pat Perez is never going to win $10 million, not on P the PGA Tour, not on the Champions Tour. He ain't going to get close to that. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he ain't that good. I mean, it's, it's all well and good to try to stand on principle. I get it. Um, and, and God bless the Rory McIlroy's and the JT's who are, are doing it. Ever, I saw people online basically making the statement like, oh, Rory and JT were in the final together along with Tony Finau. And it's just like it's the PGA Tour's wet dream because they got all their big boys swinging sticks up front in this tournament. And like how that may have really put a, some wind in the PGA Tour sales. I'm just like, how? Because the ratings are going to be exceptionally good for this one tournament. Saudi's here. They, just, they threw up. A, they went from not having anything three months ago to putting on a professional golf tournament this weekend with several Masters champions, several major champions. You know, it may not be the cream of the crop. But it's just the beginning. Like, I just don't, I don't know if the PGA Tour truly understands what kind of trouble they're in. I didn't realize what kind of trouble they were in three months ago, but it's very apparent now. Harold Varner, 
Like, are they talking about Fowler coming over? Like, he's one of the most likable guys on tour. Right yes. now, you just have a bunch of assholes and guys with no personality that's committed. Mm. That's right. Fowler comes over. That's different. Yeah. You betcha. And that's right. Because, like, right now, it is the asshole tour. It's Patrick Reed and Ian Poulter and Bryson DeChambeau. And, like, basically, if, if you're, if you're, Somebody a caddy really doesn't want to work for. That's who's playing that t- yeah. that that live golf. Right. <laughs> well, but here's but, the th- you know, here. Ricky Fowler's not that guy. Yeah, he, here's the thing, and Colin, you're right. Like a, I was thinking over the weekend too. It's just like you're looking at them. They're just the crazy amounts of money, millions and millions of dollars being thrown around. And we talk about how it is blood money, and you know it's it's despicable. And if for you to accept it, you're going to have to overlook that. And the people who are saying that, you know, the, the people who are pretending like it's not blood money, they're just lying to your face, and they're just making a greed based decision. But at the same time. Who wouldn't, honestly? You know what I mean? It is life-changing money. And yes, it's coming from a dirty source, but you're just an individual. And there's a lot of people who were like, standing on principle is great, but you just can't expect when the money gets to be that massive that that many people could afford or just even imagine not turning. How can you live with yourself if you can think what you can do for your family? Yes. For your family, it's generational wealth. Somebody wants to give you $10 million. I mean, you can turn $10 million into your grandkids don't ever work again if you know how to manage money. You know, and I appreciate it's easy for Rory to stand on principle because Rory's already an extraordinarily wealthy person. But especially for these bottom of the tier guys, the the corn fairy guys, you know, the chase kepkas of the world, you know, like it's it's a, a lot to ask them to, to turn their nose up to these amounts of money. I, I think that Rory is admirable because – there are a lot of other guys in his position who have made a lot of money and have a lot of wins and aren't saying no and aren't standing on principle. And at the end of the day, I I can't blame a lot of these people for taking the big paydays, but you also have to go to bed and get hung with the rest of your life that your wealth came from the regime that helped fund 9-11. You know, like it's not <laughs> no, nothing. Never forget, <laughs> Brendan. Never forget. It's not zero. <laughs> these guys, guys are getting attacked a little bit too because they're such a, a public facing group and so they're you know they're expecting them to answer for where the money comes from and stuff like that but you know going like not to go too far down in the weeds or away from golf too much but if you start looking at everything else that that saudi money from the same pocket is invested in it's you know it's uber and disney and all of this shit that all these you know god yeah, the saudi arabians did start every day <laughs> No, they did. You know what I mean? The Saudi Arabia, but it's the money's there. I understand, but I'm saying like you're you're comparing what the Saudi Arabian uh, investment fund what they are you know they they buy index funds essentially. Yeah, they own a lot of they own a lot <laughs> right, of stocks, right. but I mean it's not like they're trying to start their own MLB baseball. You know that's that that I don't mean I'm not trying to bag on you, Rose, but I see a lot of that. What about is kind of like what about us? We we buy gasoline. You're going to give your car away? It's like. You know, the right. fact that we have to buy oil from Saudi well, Arabia is not the same thing as it. a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, it's wrong and I, I don't, I, it's wrong. The money's wrong. And I don't want to, I don't want to honestly indulge anyone right. in the conversation that it's not because, you know, we do, you know, the, the U.S. government does business with Saudi Arabia. It's wrong on its face. Having said that, if they offered me the money tomorrow, knowing what I, my paycheck looks like, I'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, it's just like, can you sleep at night? And I think, you know, the, uh, the more, <laughs> the more millions of dollars that are poured on top of your blankie, the easier it is to sleep. Well, and I'm not making <laughs> right. apologies or, or buttering up the Saudi Arabians or anything necessarily, but you're you know not, what I mean, this, 
this is, yeah, this is an infusion of Western <laughs> culture. Do you know what I mean? Like when these tournaments start happening on their soil, the sports washing kind of has its own benefit to their culture, I think, in a yeah, way. Yeah, but they're having their tournaments in London, not, you know, Riyadh. I know, but what I'm, but they do have them in Saudi Arabia. They will. And my point is, is that it's not going to hurt to have a bunch of American culture wash over their country. That can only be good, you know, when it comes to women's rights and, and the right, the LBGT community and like, just like the, what the Saudi Arabia's profile is going to get big enough. They're going to be like anybody else. It's like, you can't just keep murdering people if you really want to be sit at the big boy table. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just don't think of the front line of the okay. civil rights march and think DeChambeau. Well, I don't either, Brendan. I'm just saying like, if, if there's an upside to the sports washing thing is, is that I hope that there's an American influence on Saudi Arabia by a Western influence by bringing, you know, the PGA tour and, or live golf, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, it. It, I think it is, can be, it can have a good effect on their country. Mark my words. The Saudi Arabia is going to have a pride week in the next three years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I just think even in America, these, these tournaments are held on such exclusive clubs and such bubbles of wealth that I don't think the average Saudi is going to be impacted in any way by the fact that, uh, you know, next to his slum, about six miles towards the coast, there's a golf tournament that's being pumped no, fresh no, no. water in. What I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that the Saudi Arabians have nothing to lose right now. But the more that Western culture puts its fingers on Saudi Arabia, they do have something to lose. They could lose their live golf. I mean, you you commit too much atrocities, you know, they'll people will pull out. You you can't get away with dismembering journalists once you once Cadillac starts advertising with you, you yeah. know, or you lose Cadillac. You know, that's ultimately what they're trying to do is get the world to do business with them. And at some point, the mag- they are bringing the magnifying glass to themselves. I and mean, at some point, when you're under the magnifying glass, you've got to start behaving a little bit. And that's all I'm saying is that when, you know, live golf is Western culture planted within Saudi Arabian soil. And so they may have to play by the rules a little more is all I'm saying. Like there could be an ancillary benefit. But at the end of the day, we've talked about this new live golf league and the tournament. And I don't know who won the thing. I, I don't know who who, who won the. T- I mean, shouldn't that be the lead? Maybe a guy who hasn't won a tournament on the PGA Tour in like six years, and he won four point seven million dollars, which is insane. And then there's the team competition. The team that wins, all those players get to split. Those four players split a three million dollar purse on top of whatever else they won. Plus, there's appearance fees and whatever they sign in their contract to show up. When they presented the trophy for the winners, the talking head from the Saudi investment fund said that if anybody shoots a 54 in a live golf event, they will give them $54 million. He said it out loud for everybody to hear. You know, I'm like, so not that it can happen, but because that's 18 birdies. (laughs) But, you know, if somebody does it, they're committed to give them $54 million. How does the PGA Tour compete with that? They were jacking themselves off about it. the player's purse, you know, being so big. It it wasn't even as big as the, you know, like the, the average purse of, of what these Saudi events is going to be. You know, the, it's not even close. Right. That, that's exactly what they were doing there, though, right? Like, they know that's probably never going to happen. But the point is, they put it out there saying that it's not a big deal. We could give it. Like, we can yeah, pay it. Yeah, it's a flex. They're saying we there's you no, to know that we can pay it. There's no end to our pocketbook. Our pocketbook is funded by oil. And as long as the world needs it, we'll just keep making, we're printing money. Like we can throw as much dirty money at this golf league as, 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 as necessary. 
whatever it takes. I looked that up. It's something like that fund is valued approximately like $600 billion. Yeah. Like, that's insane. They're like, uh, gas is $5 a gallon right now. We're going to make Lee Westwood a billionaire. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but we should, we should probably should talk about the, the PGA tournament, which turned out to be, you know, the Canadian, whatever open, whether you agree or disagree with the live golf thing. Um, we can't all agree that Greg Norman is a gigantic cunt. Um, and Rory's <laughs> digging him after winning the PGA tournament. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, that's it right. Was. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's where they ultimately the PGA or the Canadian Open went, isn't it? It was the return of McElroy. Well, I mean, Rory has uh, been playing good golf. It's it was exactly what the PGA Tour wanted to happen. You basically your two most popular players on the tour right now, with Mickelson gone and Tiger not playing. Who's more popular than Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas? I mean, you talk about two your two heaviest hitters. It's like Luca and Steph Curry going head to head. You know what I mean? It's 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 ratings gold if you're the PGA Tour. And Rory and Justin Thomas just reminds you that like even though other guys may win the tournament one week, like we are the best golfers out there. You know, you give me Scotty Scheffler's very best, and you give me Rory McIlroy's very best, and I'm going to bet on Rory. You know, that's and that's sort of the, with JT too. Like he's He's one of those guys, like, I know that a lot of guys win this tournament, but on, on JT's best day, I'll take his best day against just about almost anybody else's. And the only other person's best day I may take over JT's is Rory McIlroy's, and they, they were the two guys fighting it out. And, and the, they both played well today. And on top of them being the best guys, Rory has been the most outspoken advocate for the PGA Tournament since the creation of the Live Golf League. And for him to win on the opening weekend of Live Golf, the PGA guys slept easy that night. Easier anyway. Yeah. They shouldn't be. I mean, if they're if if they're sleeping at all, uh, they're they're fools because they're about to get run over by a giant dump truck made of uh, stacks of cash. But um, it is exactly it's the best scenario they could hope for. And not only that, the third person in that group was Tony Finau, who, while he hasn't had the success of Rory or JT, or uh, is not you know probably on their level, is easily one of the most popular golfers on tour. So they they really had a fantastic final group and. JT and Rory played as well as, you know, nobody fell off. It was good. Finau played well, yeah. He made a long putt to get uh, outright second at the end of it. Yeah, Finau played great. And the crowds were great because Canada's been shut down for so long for the COVID. People were just rabid. And so their crowds were huge and drunk. It was really good. I mean, P the PGA Tour from the Canadian Open, really, it was a much better tournament than I think anybody expected it to be. I think this season drunk fans have been have been a key part of successful PGA events. The best <laughs> tournaments have been well, I mean, you think back to uh to Phoenix and uh <laughs> the crowds on sixteen after the hole one and you're like, Well, this is the PGA at its finest right here, you know, and the the drunker the guys get, I think, well, you know, maybe you ought to loosen up with <laughs> in the stands. I know Live Golf is kinda of putting <laughs> some pressure on you to make some changes. I like them drunk. Well, my, that's and here, that's a perfect example of the PGA Tour being stuck, mired in the mud. Like, they, you know, Harry Higgs and Joel Damon took shirts off, ran around like wild idiots. The beer was flowing. Everything was crazy. And it was a great moment. And all I heard after it happened was, is like, that was great. I hope it never happens again. <laughs> because dancing is golf, and we can't do – we are not allowed to have fun. So uh, now, you know, now Martha, let's go upstairs and have sexual holy sheep. You know what I mean? It's like I, well, you guys are this is this was awesome, objectively awesome. But even Higgs and Damon were like, "Oh yeah, we knew we were going to get 
we knew we were going to get fined for it for having fun. You know, yeah. like it's it's no, it's not allowed here. The the uh, PGA hired the NFL's old t- end zone touchdown dance rules writers to uh, yeah. liven up the league. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> The PGA Tour has got a lot of problems. Like they, you know, the, everybody bitches about how long the season is. Everybody bitches about where the money's going and how many people are on tour and stuff. And the PGA Tour hasn't listened or cared. They're just, and now they're trying to butt heads with Live Golf, and they just uh, don't seem to be aware. Well, of what's they didn't happening. have to until now. Mm-hmm. They, like they didn't have to care until now, and now it's a thing. And uh, you know, we talk about the players that are defecting over to Live Golf, and I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot more come over the next few months now that they've seen it's actually a thing, and the money is there. Um, ultimately, I don't think, as a spectator, I don't think that it's the best thing for golf. Um, I think anytime you want to have the best product, you got to have all your best players there. I know a lot of those guys in the Live Tour um, right now are shit. A few of them are good, but more of the good ones are going to go, and you're going to have sort of a split field. You know, I don't want to see half of the best players in golf playing the U.S. Open. Or, yeah, I want to see them all there and see who wins kind of a thing. Well, the good news and is I'm afraid that we're going to see a big split. All the majors are not associated with the PGA Tour, so all of those players will still be able to play the majors. They are at the moment. Dustin, I know they're not associated with the PGA Tour, but Dustin Johnson said he'd been in discussions with people at, uh, uh, with the Masters and stuff like that. And I'm sure that they'll leave it open um, just because – they have a few past rules infractions themselves, you know, or moral infractions. But it seems like that may be a decision point at some point eventually anyway. They're going to make basically like the majors pick sides too. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, the majors are going to – majors are no other side than the PGA Tour. The Masters, I mean, they're going to let Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, uh, Schwartzel, all these former Masters champions are no longer going to be allowed to play in the Masters. They're not part of the PGA Tour. And does the Masters really okay. want people, the press taking a magnifying glass to the finances of the guys who run Augusta National and see if they're in bed with Saudi Arabia? Because I'm betting they're okay with doing business with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That's my guess. Well, the, the other thing, too, is that as weeks go by, and more and more guys are going to sign on for the kind of money we're talking about. And the more that do, the more it sort of makes it okay. You know, if you're the first person to take dirty fucking blood money, if you're Greg Norman, a soulless fucking hyena, then that doesn't look great. But if there's 250 other guys who've already decided to sign on and you know what I mean? Like that you're just, you're going to be like, what am I, who am I? It's not going to be, make a piss in the wind. If some third rate golfer says, no, thanks. I have two higher principles. You know what I mean? When 200 yeah. guys have already signed on, it makes it a lot easier than being number one. Even if it is, like I said, the regime that helped fund nine 11, yeah, no, like I said, I, and I agree with you. I know, I know it's, it's, but it's happening. Like I have yeah. resigned myself to it. I just, I see the money and I see who's going and I just see, I see some no name guy winning, you know, $2 million. And I'm just like, man, there's not, there's a lot of guys on PGA tour. are not going to watch that loser win $2 million for very long before they're going to like, you know what? I like $2 million. Yeah. And the PGA tour, I don't know how it's going to happen. I, if PGA tour is smart, it'll happen fast, but it won't because they're old and and, and they're just full of hubris and they're run poorly, but they need to get in bed with Saudi. They need to just admit what's happening and they need to make a partnership and a strategic alliance and have live sponsored events and just make it all part of the PGA Tour because there is no version of this fight that PGA Tour wins. There's just not. How long until Liv picks up like a major TV deal? Because like they don't really have one yet and I don't know if they give a shit, but eventually they're going to find a way to make that more accessible to the average viewer. Well, and like at some point it's going to, you know, John Rahm and, and Rory and, and JT, uh, man, they're a great show. And 
and everybody's going to want to watch him play. But at some point, if it's just those three guys and a bunch of people that you've never, ever heard of that even the Saudis don't want, who's going to watch that? And that's what it's going to become. Like at some point, I mean, I don't know. Just like we talk about all the money flowing in. I don't know if it's, it's not going to be that for long. Well, what I, I it's going to be that way until they crush the PGA Tour. It's either get in bed or get crushed is the way I look at it. Because I'm betting the Saudis are just going to keep spending money. Insane amount. They gave like Patrick Ruby like $80 million to do it. Eight. I mean, it's the, the amount of money. <laughs> that's more than he's made in his career by a mile. He just made it just for saying he'd show up. I can't decide whether you're thinking the PGA will be successful or whether you think live golf will be successful or <laughs> the both. It sounds like you've given good cause for why both are going to fail. Well, no, I think the live's going to be, be, I don't think live's going to fail. Live's going to live know, is the future. You're saying it's three guys who, and a bunch of guys nobody cares about. So like, no, I'm saying that's what the PGA tour is going to become. Cause oh. eventually all these guys who stand on principle are all going to be left. And there's only going to be like three guys left yeah. in the PGA tour. Cause everybody else is going to be making insane amounts of money. With the live, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The PGA Tour needs to get in bed with them. That's their only answer. And I don't look it, how how long it takes them to come to that realization is is all I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, what it made me wonder about is like the world of professional boxing, which used to be a big deal in this country. I mean, it's been so long ago now; it doesn't seem like it. But there was a time where you know a major boxing match for against heavyweights was appointment viewing for everybody, and it mattered in a way that it doesn't anymore. And I feel like it was balkanized, you know, it was split up. I never knew like what was the governing body that mattered the most. There were like three different belts and it was confusing and stupid. And there was a lot of money going around, but it was so disorganized. And if we've got two leagues with both having their own draw, but neither one of them sort of pulling ahead or taking over, I, I don't know. It just seems like it waters down the entire product to me. The, what's going on right now? Like one or the other needs to be the sole product at some point, or they need to. I agree with you. They need to just get in cahoots with each other and make some sort of agreement. I think having the split field and these players continually defecting or not or whatever, having this big pissing match is is bad for the the world of golf, the sport of golf as a whole. Agreed. I heard a guy speculating one of the one of the guys that covers the tour speculating that they become like regional. Like when you talk about the the Florida swing or the West coast swing, like having the golfers that live in that area play PGA tour events in that area. And the Florida guys playing their area in the Midwest and like the Arizona region, like having regions. And then the, the top players from those PGA tour regions compete at the big tournaments and like how they could make this all work. And some of them can be live events. Some of them like, wow, that seems like crazy, crazy concept. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, it, and I don't, I'm not predicting that will happen, but it, it, there is no doubt that the PGA Tour needs to change. Something's got to give. Some, the players aren't happy. There's, the money is um, is too big at live. Like, you know, there's just I, – I know I think I've brought it up twice already. They constantly complain about the schedule. You know what I mean? It's the only sport on the planet where it doesn't really have an off-season. And the PGA Tour is like, you know, sorry, Buster. Them's the breaks. See you in Toronto. My thing is they're always talking about trying to get golfers to golf in the fall because – that's when all the big guys don't show up. You know, the first handful of tournaments of the year in the fall are always kind of duds, and they've always been kind of like, why don't we just take that off? Or, and they've always talked about, like, doing some sort of team thing in the fall. Like, the PJ Tour has been presented with numerous ideas. And, I mean, 
I've gotten into the weeds reading a lot of these articles and stuff, and there's been a lot of people trying to push for change to the PGA Tour. And I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but the old rich white guys that run it aren't big on change. And so, <laughs> and, and the players have Weird. noticed, you know what I mean? The players have noticed. And so it's not just the money that Liv offers. It's sort of a, 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 a willing ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guarantee you, if Dustin Johnson has a suggestion for the Liv golf people, they listen. In fact, that he just had one. It's, hey, bring in my buddy Pat Perez. You've got ten extra million dollars laying around, and guess what happened? You know, that's a little bit different than than the sort of shit you'll get from the PGA Tour when you ask for anything. It's I mean, uh, they've broken people's balls about you know going and playing in charity golf events. <laughs> These guys have to get special dispensations to go you know muck it up for muscular dystrophy somewhere. You know, it's just, and then you've got a league over here. It's like, well, you do whatever you want. Yeah. And and we'll pay you lots of money to do it. It's uh it is interesting after Rory's win and the very, very thinly veiled jab at Greg Norman when he mentioned this it was his twenty first PGA tour win, uh one more than some other guy have. And uh <laughs> we all knew who that was directed at. And it's starting to get a little bit personal now. And I think with the reality sitting in that this thing's happening and the just I mean, just Greg Norman's been an awful human being. He's never, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much he's getting paid. I'm sure it is a gob of money and he has no problem taking it. But, uh, his reputation, which I already was just a lovely, lovely man, has only gone <laughs> south since then. I mean, he's, he's a puke. It's crazy to me that they keep Greg Norman in charge. Like, I feel like the worst, there's two problems with the Saudi, the live golf. It's the Saudi money and, Greg Norman. If you got, you could somehow get rid of those two portions of it. Who cares? I don't care if the PGA Tour burns up. You know, it's well. The Greg Norman Greg part Norman. of it would be really easy to replace, and it wouldn't have been a better time than after the Phil Mickelson episode, which basically uh, blew things up for temporary or on, on a temporary basis. That would have been a great time to say, "Okay, Norman's out. Put somebody else in. If I put Phil in, you know what I mean? That would have been a great fuck you to the PGA." It's almost like the Saudis don't worry, aren't worried about bad PR. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, these are people that saw journalists and kill homosexuals. It's like a guy who you know says a little too more than they'd like is probably not even going to get up, get, get on their radar. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Bad PR is not their biggest concern. Yeah, no, he's pissed off the great Satan. You know, he's doing good work. Yeah, yeah exactly. At what point do you think the crowd changes, like the the public buying into it? Because like you know, when Rory hit his final putt in at the uh, the PGA event, you know, there's thousand people standing around and cheering and carrying on and doing all that. When I think there were six standing there when. Carl or Charl, whatever, hit his in. Um, and they said they had a lot of trouble selling tickets. So they, you know, it got, they ended up doing some promotional code for Live Golf, where like basically everybody that retweeted something got in for free. And I, I know that's mostly because of the stigma of the product and the money and all of that stuff. But how many of those good players have to come over before people don't give a shit anymore? I think we're going to fast approach that time. Yeah. You're, t- are you, you're already talking about, you know, having Bryson DeChambeau and he's to me he's a, the biggest gift they've had you know Ricky Fowler Bryson DeChambeau there's two guys that people want to play golf Ricky's popular and DeChambeau is divisive you know he's he elicits an emotional response one way or the other and he's young and he's he's in his prime years and so there's cons- even Patrick Reed who hasn't really been all that relevant Patrick Reed's still young enough that he could have a, he could have a resurgence um, and Ricky Fowler is not old enough that he could have a resurgence, though Ricky Fowler seems to have forgotten how to play golf. But, you know, you get a, you get a Jordan Spieth, someone like that, to jump ship, then you're screwed. 
I didn't know Ricky Fowler still played golf. I thought he just did commercials now. Well, like he's not playing in the open. <laughs> couldn't qualify, Brennan. You know, I like know. he's been he's been riding on um, on sponsorship exemptions and stuff. Like I just the the guys on uh, no laying up. They were talking about at some point. You know, they're, they're he's in all these players championship advertisements, and he wasn't didn't even make the players field. And he's uh, you know in all these Mercedes. He was in some Mercedes commercial during the Masters, and he didn't even wasn't even qualified to play in the Masters. <laughs> How long do sponsors hold on to Ricky Fowler when he literally can't even make the field for the events that he's being advertised between shots? You know, I have to think the timing of the live tournament coming, what, what is a week before the U.S. Open, uh, is significant. It is one of the big events on the golf calendar. They said Phil's already practicing at the U.S. Open. I saw they tweeted that out almost immediately. Like, he got on a plane and was back practicing at the U.S. Open today, I believe. And uh, Live Golf gets underway in Portland next on June 30th through the 2nd. So all eyes will be on the PGA for the next week or so. But uh, a lot of the conversation, I feel like, going into this U.S. Open week, it's just going to be about this competing league and what the future of golf is going to look like. I mean, the number of times I don't know how they're going to reference it, you know, in the broadcast. Like it's it's the elephant in the room, <laughs> but uh, are there going to be a lot of conversations on the air about what this cloud hanging over them from Saudi Arabia is going to, you know, how is that impacting U.S. Open Week? You think it has to come up during the press conferences leading up to the U.S. Open, right? Like the guys that oh, are yeah. to the live tour that are playing there, they're going to quiz them about it. They're going to try to ask the other guys their PGA lock-ins about it like they're gonna try to stir shit it may be sort of eventful if somebody says the wrong thing yeah we could have another film moment <laughs> i'd love to see somebody kick the shit out of DeChambeau, so that wouldn't bother me at all maybe kept going him to finally throw a hands i wonder how long DeChambeau is going to stay healthy you know what i mean he just magically got healthy enough to play in this tournament um he's been well dealing with that wrist injury for a long time the last time he played uh he was rusty as shit and was played awfully so i don't know how he's going to play um in in the in the uh in the open but yeah that his he's just what he's doing is not sustainable imagine watching the champions tour some senior with that swing you know i mean like it's just you can't have that swing i just wonder like you rose if is he going to break down i mean he's already had a lot of injuries considering his age i mean how many he's got a lot of injuries in golf really you know and uh, he seems already snake bitten, and it just makes you wonder if he's swinging like a fucking maniac isn't going to be hard on his back, for instance, or shoulders. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what it did to Tiger. I mean, it, Tiger swung really hard for his time, and it broke him down, you know, over it. He had a much more pure, like, athletic swing DeChambeau does. Like, I can't imagine it doesn't just wreck him at some point. Not that far in the future, really. Yeah, I look at guys like Tony Finau and think that guy's going to play till he's seventy-five. <laughs> you know, he's already got a short, compact swing, and he's just, you know, everything looks effortless. Rory's that way, you know what I mean? Like you're, you, DeChambeau just looks like he just looks like his skeleton is going to sh- shake apart at some point. You know, like he just yeah. G- Gary Player's swing <laughs> was made to last for seventy years. Yes, right. <laughs> it's not the DeChambeau. But, yeah. but even you look like a guy like John Daly, who's got a really long, powerful swing, it's fluid. Like Bryson DeChambeau's swing looks like a new golfer's, kind of. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a little bit ugly. It's right. highly effective, but ugly and, and di- kind of disjointed. Yeah, it's and, real stiff. and Yeah, it looks awful. How much does a live golf want uh, DeChambeau or somebody in their stable now 
to win the U.S. Open the week following their premier event? Oh, I think they'd be very, very happy with that. And the only leg the oh. PGA Tour has to stand on is the fucking ma- ma- or not the Masters, but is the majors. And I don't think the majors are going to side with them. I don't think any of them are. I, I don't know why they would. Well, yeah. I don't think they're going to want to lose the play. They're not going to split the field in half for their events. They want everybody there, so they're not going to say like, "Sure, we'll you know only do PGA players." So that'll I don't I agree with you. I don't think that'll ever happen. Well, we'll find out this weekend uh, what shapes up at the U.S. Open. So we'll come back and follow that before we move off the uh, the, the majors. We got to make a prediction for next week. Who 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 wins? No, oh, the Open. Well, hey, what's the status of Brooks Kepka? Has he do, has he mentioned his loyalty one way or another? Because I feel like the DeChambeau... He's still a PGA Tour, but he's not going to be for long. Well, that's it's what I'm saying. It's pretty obvious that guy doesn't have a soul. You no, know, he, he seems quite soulless. And he's sort of inextricably tied to DeChambeau with their stupid little boys, you know, like childhood feud they have going on that did fuel the... Uh, <laughs> the tour for a season or two. And uh, it might be interesting if, if they're sort of on the same team. I think that um, the only thing, reason I would say I could see Brooks Kepka because he's such a contrarian kind of being like, I'm going to hang out here with the cool kids. You guys go take that money, but I'm going to hang out with Rory and JT because we're the uh, real golfers. And everybody knows the PGA tours where the real golfers are at. And I could also see him next week being like, Oh, you got a hundred million dollars. I'll be there. See ya. Yeah. I don't know. But so maybe put to, he hasn't done anything in a, in a minute. I think it would be interesting if he was in the hunt. Obviously. Kept as your pick? Yeah. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to give three because I think it's hard in a field this big to make a decision. But I think obviously, uh, what, what I'm going to pick three guys, I guess maybe I'm not picking, but that I would like to see. Uh, obviously, Rory having coming off his first win in a long time and being so public against the Live Golf League. I think it'd be good to see him in contention. And then I don't think DeChambeau's in condition to be a contender, but I would like to see maybe Johnson or somebody who is a live golf member be in the hunt and just make the conversation very, very, very interesting over the weekend. Well, okay. Now that you've done a thing that I didn't ask you to do, who do you think is going to win? Oh, well, I was just saying things I wanted to say. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being said, Tony Finau. All right, Rose, what do you say? I'm, I don't know. I'm going to go a little like contrarian, I guess. I think it's going to be somebody like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Sam Burns. He's been kind of hot this year. He's got the strength for a PIA U.S. Open course. I think I'm going to go with him. All right, let's see. I think I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. He has been playing poorly of late, but uh, he's a very, very talented young man. He's going to break out. That's my that's my prediction. Take it to the bank. Oh, you say Colin Montgomery? No, <laughs> no. Morikawa. <laughs> Morikawa. I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't know. If Colin Montgomery's only going to win a pie eating contest. <laughs> That's right. That guy. Holy shit. <laughs> he was the biggest uh, asshole of his uh, time. Say Morikawa is a breakout, but breakout of a funk, gross. Oh, okay. Breakout of a funk. I was going to say he's already got like two majors. I think so. I don't know if winning this one would be his breakout, but I, I get what you mean now. All right. Well, uh, how's your all's golf game going on before we sign off here? Anything happening? Awful. Uh, my last, actually, the, my last few rounds have been some of the worst golf I've played in the last, I don't know, three or four years. I think I actually uh, sent you fellows a picture of my scorecard from two rounds ago where I, I either bogeyed or double bogeyed all 18 holes on the golf course. It was, it was hard to even finish. It was so awful. Um, it improved a little after that. And then I actually played an E9 the other day and got back to what felt normal. But things were just a little out of whack there for a minute. I hope I never go through that again. 
That sounds very similar. I, I, I basically went an entire month just being, just, oh God, playing bad golf. And, uh, um, and I was telling Brennan some frustrating golf too, because I had several rounds where I didn't feel like I played all that badly. And then I look at my scorecard and what it really was just having these huge, enormous blow up holes and kind of boiled down to is, I, you know, I, my driving is not always very accurate, but I had sort of eliminated the constantly going out of bounds type stuff. And I was doing way too much of that. But I've, this week I've played three times, all three of those times, just played nine holes in the evening and uh, played well all three times. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I had a really hard month, but everything seems to be I don't know, getting better. And who knows why? And who knows why it'll go wrong tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's golf. Well, and I, after um, playing two or three rounds where I just threw away the scorecard midway through and, I don't know, hitting countless buckets of balls at the range, uh, I, I had my first <laughs> – my driver is just like I, I forgot how to hit a golf club. And I hit my first balls in the air over last week. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I finally figured things out. I got a lesson plan to sort of get my head straight, but I've been in the biggest funk of my life since I started taking up golf seriously, or at least consistently. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never played worse, worse than when I first picked up my clubs ever. Part of it too has been like, like I said, uh, at my course, um, because of all the rain, it's just the gra- the rough is so thick and so lush. I mean, you could fucking lose a shoe in the rough right now. And it, it, just, it just makes the, the course play a lot more difficult. I mean, just in two ways about it. Like the, my course right now versus what it will be in August is easily worth three, you know, three strokes. It's just one of those things. I used to remember when I first started getting serious about playing golf, remember to keep my left arm straight. And then, um, I don't know, at some point you just start swing tinkering to a point where you're you forget everything and you just reinvent everything. And then I just felt like, uh, like last week at some point, I just started trying to keep that, you know, right, uh, left arm a little straighter in my swing and everything seemed to get better all of a sudden. And you're like, well, maybe that was, you know, just overthink everything and just go back to like, Hey, just keep your left arm straight. idiot. And it's so easy to get in your head because like the entire time I'm beating the ball around the golf course for those two rounds, I'm thinking like in a couple of weeks, we have our member guest golf tournament, which in big picture is means absolutely nothing. But for us weekend duffers, it's the, one of the few times of the year that we get to play real golf. And so when you play real golf, you want to play good golf. And I'm thinking, this is the worst I've played in the last three or four years. And I'm going to have to go out in front of all these fucking people and play like absolute dog shit because, you know, you have to use your handicap to be seated into a certain group. And, you know, they're going to think I'm the guy that shouldn't be in that group. And you get yourself all spun out. But then, you know, four or five beers later, the swing smoothed out. Things felt a little better. So I'm hoping that sticks around because I don't want to suffer through that for three days of member guys. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time, fellas. There's a lot of ways to win on the course, but if you don't have talent or luck, you can always count on a good lie. Fire! Gas is $5 a gallon right now. We're going to make Lee Westwood a billionaire. <laughs> yes. <laughs>